Test, 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 one, two, one, two, three. Members, if you will join me on the dais, we will call the informal session of the Richmond City Council to order. Madam Clerk, if you would please provide the chamber emergency evacuation announcement. 
Upon an activation of the emergency alarm signal, all persons should immediately exit the building. Please use, use the exit to the right, left, or front of the council chamber or the east or west stairwell outside the rear doors of the chamber. Do not use elevators or escalators. After exiting the building, proceed to the assembly area located in a parking lot bordered by Clay 8th and 9th Streets. Citizens and employees should assist visually in hearing impaired visitors with exiting the building. And Madam President, for the record, all members of council are in attendance with the exception of Councilor Larson and Vice President Hilbert. You Thank do, you. And Councilor Gray. You do have a quorum. Thank you, uh, Madam Clerk. Let's proceed with the docket review. Starting with the consent agenda, we have item number one, ordinance number 2019-118. Uh, finance recommended a continuance, so this paper will con be continued until November the 11th. I'm sorry, November the 12th. Item number two, ordinance number 2019-186, land use recommended approval. Item number three, ordinance 2019-189, finance recommended a continuance, so this paper will be continued until Tuesday, November the 12th. Items number four and five, ordinance number 2019-197 and 198, land use recommended approval. Items number six and seven, ordinance number 2019-220 and 221, committee referral was waived on both papers. Both will be on this evening's consent agenda. Item number eight, ordinance number 2019-222, plan and recommended approval. And items number nine through 30, ordinance number 2019-230, 223 through 2019-244, land use recommended approval of all 22 papers. All will be on this evening's consent. Item number 31 and 32, ordinance number 2019-245 and 2019-246, land use recommended approval. Madam President. Ms. Robertson. Agenda item number 31. Um, is in regards to conveying the use of the um, Annie Giles Center for the hypothermal shelter uh, during committee. We were informed that it was for the benefit of one year. Uh, I've been advised differently that it would be a permanent use unless council intervene on an annual basis to, um, to change that use. Uh, we are in the process of having a plan done to address homelessness in the city. Um, I was assured by the administration that this would be only for one year. I've received calls from the administration to confirm that it is for one year but the way that the paper is written, uh, it's not written that way. And so I'm a little concerned as to uh, voting on this paper without us clearing that up. And uh, the administration has said that they would be willing to come back and do an amendment to the paper. We do have a October 1 uh, deadline by ordinances to have a, a place for the hyperthermal not knowing whether we will need it uh, October 1st or before the paper can be amended. Um, but at this stage of the game and the way that um, uh, 
the necessity of making sure that this is only for one year needs to be addressed. And so I don't know what we can do to firm that up and vote on this paper today. Uh, otherwise, I would ask that the paper has to be continued. Mr. Jackson, and then if there is someone from the administration that is desirous of speaking to this. I'm trying to call the paper up now. My machine's not cooperating. Yes, this is item ordinance 2019-245 pertaining to the coal weather shelter for homeless persons. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma I'm just trying to get it to come up. My understanding is that the paper is written as, as Robertson describes, that it is an open-ended approval. Um, and in substance, it will stay this way until such time as council changes its mind and comes back to, to make the change. And I'm looking at the ordinance now, and that is correct. Thank you, Mr. Jackson. Is there a desire on the part of the administration to speak to the paper and the discussion prior with Ms. Robertson? Uh, Madam President. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes, if you would. Good afternoon, Shonda yes. Giles, Social Services, um, Council President, members of Council. Um, the administration has no objection to the language changing to it being one year, um, but the shelter season does start October 1st, so we would have concerns if it will continue. Okay, Mr. Hilbert. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, there was a discussion, and I think a pending SUP, which someone from possibly staff can address um, regarding this overflow shelter uh, being put uh, at a uh, building on Chamberlain Avenue, which the Salvation Army is going to be the owner. I've expressed to uh, their representative that I was adamantly opposed to that, given that um, other uh, beds are being looked at. Uh, in order to move to this location uh, with the theoretical possibility of there being 200 individuals being housed at that facility. Um, and so um, I have told the representative of the uh, applicant, the Salvation Army, or some subsidiary thereof, that I'm opposed to their SUP in its entirety. But if anyone from staff has any uh, information on to where that is. I believe staff is reviewing that SUP, uh, but I've made it adamantly clear that I'm opposed to this SUP. Thank you. Oh, sure. yeah, good afternoon, Matthew Ebinger, Principal sure. Planner for Land Use And I'm sorry if we did, I don't want to interrupt the agenda. Yes, so. I apologize. I mean, I, that was just germane to that paper and we can have this discussion at some other point. Thank you for coming forward. I'd like to stay focused in terms of the paper we have before us. And so we will call you forward at another time to speak to the concerns raised by Mr. Hilbert. I trust you've heard them and that you will be prepared to be responsive. Thank you. Okay, so. 
Ms. Robertson. So, um, I respect the fact that we want to have, we want to be in compliance with their ordinance for October 1st. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this paper is just getting to council, uh, which leaves us in a situation where we need to vote the paper up or down. And if we vote the paper down, that means that we will not have met our compliance with the ordinance. Uh, I want to trust that we would be able to amend the paper. I also want to be able to trust that my colleagues will support an amendment. Uh, but I haven't had an opportunity to have that discussion with anyone. We were left with the impression um, with legal advice that, you know, this and with the administration that we were only looking at this one year for the use of the uh, hypothermia for the, for the uh, Ann Hardy Center. Um, Ms. Robertson, would there be anything that would preclude your introduction of a paper subsequent to moving this forward? I, I'm sorry, I can't Would there you. be anything that would preclude your introduction of a paper subsequent to if we move forward with this to be in compliance so we would be ready and have a shelter available? Is there anything that would preclude you from submitting a paper that then would speak to the very thing you're asking in terms of the time frame? I would like for the attorney to give, us, give me assurance that we that I could do that. But okay. I would also uh, appreciate the fact that, as Mr. Hilbert has made very clear, what he's not going to support as it relates to providing uh, shelter for homelessness. The 6th District has carried this duty and responsibility for the time that I have been on council. And so an amendment if not approved by the council, I will be left with this paper being in place forever. Thank you. Mr. Jackson, can you respond relative to the opportunity for Ms. Robertson to submit a paper subsequent to our decisioning on this one? Uh, yes, ma'am. It should not be a problem. It can be introduced on uh, October 14th and uh, brought back to council for action on November 12th. Ms. Robertson, would you be amenable such that we would be in compliance and therefore look at that opportunity relative to submittal, paper submittal, but that we would be ready to address uh, citizens in terms of having a cold weather shelter? I would uh, ask at the present time that um, I will, if we have the opportunity, between now and the regular agenda to talk with my colleagues to see if I can get support for such an amendment. Otherwise, I would have to vote against this paper and encourage my colleagues to do so. Thank you. If you would uh, take the opportunity to do just as you've indicated, and we will then uh, discuss it further as we proceed. Madam Clerk. Item number 33, ordinance number 2019-247, land use recommended a continuance, so this paper will be continued until Tuesday, November the 12th. Item number 34, ordinance number 2019-249, finance recommended a continuance, so this paper will also be continued until November the 12th. Items number 35 through 37, ordinance number 2019, 251, 252, and 254, finance recommended approval of all three papers. Item number 38, 
Resolution number 2019, R025, land use recommended a continuance. So this paper will be continued until Tuesday, November the 12th. Item number 39, resolution number 2019, R029, land use recommended approval. Items number 40 through 50, resolution number 2019, R030 through 2019, R040, land use recommended approval of all 11 papers. All will be on this evening's consent agenda. Council President. Ms. Larson. Um, regarding number 49, I had met with the administration about this and had asked for uh, an overview of their proposal for this area, and I never got that. Um, let me so see. So just to just add, add some context. Okay, so I had, you had, a, I had, had uh, several meetings in the community several years ago regarding this. Um, traffic engineering has gone back and made some changes, and you know now they're pursuing. I believe this is the paper for the grant to pursue the grant on the state level. Is that correct? Might I have someone from the administration to come forward to address uh, Ms. And Larson's inquiry? And I wanted to bring something back to the community, and I asked if they could put together a one-pager that I could then share with the neighborhood, and I, I don't recall getting that. Good afternoon. M. Kara from uh, Public Works. Uh, yes, this is for the federal grant for transportation alternative program. That's, uh, we didn't have enough funds for this project, so this will help the project funding and uh, I will make sure that you get the one-page summary on this uh, project, but where we, what the status is as of this date, and the funding gap, and how this project, how this uh, application will fund the remaining gap. We can provide it to you. Okay. Because um, during when we met, I had also shared concerns, questions regarding the different bike lane arrangements. Um, you know the the protected bike lane versus the the version we see more in the city now and questions that residents had about that at the time and I don't feel like we've ever really had closure on that. Okay, I think uh, for the existing design we still have opportunity to finalize working with the neighborhood and yourself so we will continue to do that. Okay. And uh, once with this application, if this application gets funded, then we will only implement what agreed upon between neighborhood and us together. Okay, thank you. Nope. Ms. Larson, that's acceptable. Thank you. Next item, Madam Clerk. Item number 51, resolution number 2019, R041, land use recommended approval. Item number 52, resolution number 2019, R042, land use recommended a continuance, so this paper will be continued until Tuesday, November the 12th. Item number 53, resolution number 2019, R043, land use recommended approval with an amendment, so this paper is to be amended later this evening and then considered. 
Items number 54 and 55, resolution number 2019 R048 and 2019-R049. Committee referral was waived on both papers. Both will be on this evening's consent agenda. Item Mad Madam President. Ms. Madam Clerk, just one moment, Ms. Larson. Um, can we discuss number 54 enclosed? Mr. Johnson? Uh, yes, ma'am, you may. Okay. Uh, we would need uh, the appropriate motion if you want it right now. What I'd like to do, Ms. Larson, I, I, if I'm fine doing it whenever. I would I'd just like, like to get to... through the docket review okay. and then if we could go, that would be okay? Yeah. Thank you. Madam Clerk. Item number 56, resolution number 2019, R050, land use recommended a continuance, so this paper will be continued until Tuesday, November the 12th. Item number 57, resolution number 2019, R051, finance recommended approval. Moving on to the regular agenda, we have item number 58, ordinance number 2018-231, land use recommended a continuance, so this paper will be continued until Tuesday, November the 12th. Item number 59, ordinance number 2018-236, finance recommended a continuance, so this paper will be continued until the November the 12th as well. Item number 60, ordinance number 2019-208, Finance recommended a continuance. However, this paper is to be amended later this evening and then continued until Tuesday, November the 12th. Madam Clerk, um, I'm using the best of my memory here, but was this one of the papers that the Finance Committee uh, moved to strike? This was not the... No, the last item. We the have last the last item. item. It is not. Understood. Thank you. And the last item, item number 61, ordinance number 2019-250, finance recommended, recommended striking. And so this paper is to be stricken. And Madam President, those are all the items on this evening's docket. Next up, we have a discussion item. The first discussion item is the General Assembly Legislative Proposal, Ron Jordan and Laura Bateman. M Madam Clerk, let me have a question on item 61, please. Item 61? Yes. And why that was recommended to be struck versus opportunity to continue to see if we couldn't get um, some agreement about how to move forward working in partnership. And by the Madam President, item 61, ordinance number 2019-250, and that's to create three new reservations of fund balance called the 2019 Cost of Living Adjustment for City Retirees Reserve, the 2019 Richmond Retirement System Unfunded Liability Reduction Reserve, and the 2019 Capital Projects Replenishment Reserve. That's correct, and I'm wanting to get some sense of why that was proposed to be stricken versus coming out of that committee versus um, continue to see if we couldn't get to uh, a closure agreement here. And I'd be glad to speak um, for the committee if my colleagues, Ms. Larson and Mr. Jones, um, 
So the paper that was presented to the committee uh, had rearranged our fund balance policy to the degree that a identified surplus was going to be spent through commitments by this ordinance, proposed ordinance, but those commitments that were seeking council's approval occurred after June 30th, which technically under GASB would have been the date by which uh, such commitments should have been made. Our city auditor, Lou Lassiter, had advised us that that is the, the, the correct process, that a commitment by ordinance should have been adopted before June 30th. I think he put that in writing to everybody on council. Um, or maybe Ms. Brown sent that out. What the administration had presented was a slightly different process than what our code outlines and had justified it by consulting with their third party auditor, which uh, even at this time, I'm not sure that anybody on the committee has seen in writing what that interpretation was, but it was not the same that our city auditor had. And my understanding is that the administration felt that this was a slight nitpicking of words that enabled them to introduce such legislation to commit fund balance after June 30th because it says in GASB should and not shall. Um, that kind of nitpicking of words can be legalese, but what is fairly clear is that our policy outlined a process that was agreed upon by this administration and this council in terms of how we would calculate uh, fund balance and utilization of the surplus. And so uh, we, the council, have a process by which we will go through to make our, uh, our assignments, which is what happens after June 30th. And the process outlines that the administration will inform us of how they uh, would ask us to spend that money. And we, I believe, for the next organizational development committee meeting, are scheduled to discuss precisely this matter, as we have done in previous years, to then adopt a resolution that would then make the assignment of the fiscal year 2019 surplus. Thank you. And so was this a consensus? Uh, the full committee was in agreement that this, I'm just trying to get it clear. Okay. Ms. Lawrence. President Newbell, um, so we didn't really talk that much about the actual content of the, of the paper. We talked more about the procedural aspect of the paper as opposed to, you know, the bucket where the money is being allocated. So it's not, at least it was my understanding amongst committee members, it's not being stricken because we don't agree with where the money is going. It is being stricken because our auditor advised us not to follow this process and it is not in line with our policy. So we agreed at the meeting that we would then discuss it at the OD meeting and bring it forward at the October 14th meeting to meet the deadline, 
to take action before the deadline of November 1st. Thank you, Ms. Larson. Mr. Jackson, um, did you opine a weigh-in relative to this in the June 30th date that Mr. Agilasso shared was the date by which there should have been some decision in relative to surplus dollars? Um, we did analyze the, the issue. Um, the, from a legal perspective, the question, the charter requires that the city conduct its financial affairs in accordance with generally accepted principles of accounting. And so we examined the language that's contained in GASB, I think it's 54, and the language that it uses is that such commitments should be made prior to the end of a fiscal year. Now, a lawyer who reads that sees should, but is not required to be. But that's not the proper reading. The proper reading is how will an accountant, a professional in that field, uh, consider that language? We were advised that the outside auditors, uh, Clifton Larson, uh, indicated uh, that it was at least not improper. We did not see anything or discuss anything directly with them. Uh, and so we prepared the paper and submitted it. We understand that others disagree with uh, that um, interpretation of accounting rules. And ultimately, it's up to the city council to decide uh, which accountant's opinion it prefers to follow. Thank you, Mr. Jackson. Um, Mr. Lassiter, I see you were poised to join us for a commentary, if you would come forward. Good afternoon, Council President and members. Uh, I will just read to you from the GASB the actual wording. Uh, everything that's been stated here is, is reflected as correct. It, when uh, you say that it is uh, something that's committed, the GASB said the formal action of the government's highest level of decision-making authority, that's you guys, that commits fund balance to a specific purpose should occur prior to the end of the reporting period. That would be June 30th. The amount, if any, which will be subject to the constraint may be determined in a subsequent period. So uh, I guess we can get into shoulds and shalls and musts and coulds, but this is uh, the actual wording of GASB, and I know that uh, the council has other ordinances that talks about what shall happen with the fund balance once it's finally determined. Uh, that uh, council can take up at, uh, uh, as they see fit uh, in terms of that. But I would caution against uh, going against the shoulds and the shells and the desires of GASB in terms of determining uh, where we head as a government. Mr. Thank you, Mr. Lassiter. Can you state your name for the record? Uh, Louis Lassiter, city auditor. I'm sorry. Mr. Hilbert, uh, did you have a question for Mr. or a comment separately? Well, I, so uh, I do have a comment. Okay, here. then I, just I, let me. And I go. did not send that to the full council. I sent it to the finance committee. Now, I don't know if someone else forwarded it, 
what I sent to the full council. Yes, so I didn't uh, have, that was some of the question for me as well. Mr. Angelesto, did you have a question for Ms. Lassiter? No, Hil Mr. Hilbert's is a separate question, not for Mr. Lassiter. Uh, <clears throat> no, it's actually more of a question and a comment back to our city attorney. Uh, so I will yield to Mr. Hilbert unless okay. you'd like Mr. to. Hil Mr. Lassiter, thank you. Mr. Hilbert. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, I think, uh, well, I know that legally when something says shall, it's uh, kind of like those Ten Commandments, uh, you shall do something. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts, or wiggle room about it. Uh, should, however, is a pretty strong word. It says that uh, in the evidence or in the absence of overwhelming evidence that you should go to the contrary of a should, that you should stick with the recommendation of, of Gadsby. So uh, that's where I am, and I'm in agreement with, uh, with my colleague from the fifth that uh, in the absence of that information that we should go with what is recommended. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hilbert, Mr. Angelesto and then looking Thank to move forward. Thank you, Madam President. Mm -hmm. So I guess part of my concern here, again, goes to disclosure, transparency, advice to the governing body. City Council on November 13, 2017, under this seated body of nine, with the co-patronage of six members of the body, passed our current policy that deals with surplus and fund balance. And it's very specific about saying that the calculated general fund surplus, calculated general fund surplus means the general fund balance less all of the following. And the first one is the amount of any committed fund balance other than the budget and revenue stabilization contingency reserve, non-spendable fund balance, or restricted fund balance. Now, when it says committed, and when you go to GASB about what does committed mean, it means it's a past tense action that the governing body has taken. And in all of the materials that we received from the administration, they used the word committed in their efforts to convince council to then commit. And I don't know how you can take a past tense verb to describe something that you are asking for a present tense action. Nowhere in the paper that was presented to the city council, was there any reference to the existing policy, the existing city code, the existing ordinance 2017-215? Now, I know city attorney language about notwithstanding. There's two notwithstanding. Madam Chair, I'm just, um, if you I'm sorry. Up, yes. but this is about council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L. And this paper being put on under misguided pretenses going against Gasby because an attorney read it in legalese and didn't really work with it, nor did the attorney even advise us that it was contradicting our existing policy. Thank you. I, this, if I may, this is one of the reasons why having separate counsel is critical because the, the, the administration is asking the city attorney to introduce this on their behalf. He's having to certify it as legal, but he's not telling us that it's circumventing our own rules. And I personally find that to be a big problem. Thank you, Mr. Angelesto. Um, I just do want to also ask, the, it was, if it, I understood correctly, the intent of the committee that the 
um, items that were discussed or captured would come back to organizational development committee meeting, is that correct, for discussion, review and discussion. Am I accurate in that regard, committee members? Okay. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. So I'm sorry, Madam President. I'm not understanding here. This is on the on the agenda to be stricken, but it sounds like it's coming back in some other form. So what I am understanding will come back are the set of recommendations that were captured in that paper, in this ordinance, for us to review and deliberate. There were things captured there that I suspect most of us would concur with. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Um, cost mm -hmm. of living increase, other kinds of things. But the, for all the reasons that have been shared thus far, uh, folks, the Finance Committee felt that this being stricken for the reasons they've given us uh, is what they are recommending okay. uh, to this body. Thank so. you very much for that clarification. Thank you, Madam Clark. The next item is a discussion item. Mr. Ron Jordan and Lauren Bateman. Madam Clerk, what I'd like to, yeah, we'll proceed with this. And then Ms. Larson, I did not uh, forget, we'll go back once we conclude this to the session. Okay. Welcome, Again, Mr. I believe, Jordan. Uh, I believe all of you have a copy of the uh, legislative package that we prepared in draft form based on all the things that we've discussed before and you all had submitted. Uh, it's in the format that we normally use to present to the delegation, uh, which we'll be meeting with next Wednesday, I believe it is, uh, at lunch in the library, the state library. So let's kind of, time is short, so let's kind of start going through them if we could. Um, the package consists of two parts. One are the specific legislative requests. And the other is, then the much larger portion are your legislative positions on a number of items. You may recall that the delegation has asked that the specific request be kept to a manageable number and be fairly, fairly specific. We think we've done that, and uh, I guess we'll find out as we walk through. I would remind you that everything that was in the matrix that you had seen last time we met is, co is included in here. In, in each way, so we didn't drop anything off. Uh, we're going to leave that to you to decide. But uh, these are our recommendations. The first item there, the first category of legislative request deals with funding, and it's asked the General Assembly to provide full funding for the true cost of public education, with immediate emphasis on the at-risk add-on, the removal of funding caps for staff support that were enacted during the recession, and providing sufficient funds for general for the direct aid so that 100% of the lottery funds can be sent back to the locality for discretionary use. So those are three, while the, the overall one is generally increased public aid funding, there are three specific items within that that are the delegation will be uh, familiar with and, and, and will buy into. The next item deals with pilot not the airline pilot, but payment in lieu of taxes, provide full funding for the pilot to the city. And we've been working with uh, the chief of staff's office on getting some numbers that we can attach to that to show the impact of it. Tax the next category are taxation items. 
um, would request to authorize the city to implement a land use value tax, uh, which we've discussed before. The next one would be a regional transportation funding structure, and it's to develop a tax structure to fund regional transportation infrastructure projects, uh, similar to what's in place in Northern Virginia and Hampton Roads. The next item, redevelopment tax exemption. We have it in there right now. Last year you removed this and decided not to include it. It essentially would allow you to extend tax exemptions, partial tax exemptions in redevelopment districts from 15 years to 30 years. The last item under taxation is to authorize localities to establish a local homestead property tax exemption program. The next item under transportation would modify the city's membership in the RMTA to require, to require that one of the city's members be a council member uh, with the mayor to uh, make the, the remaining appointments. Uh, the code currently authorizes it in its discretion, and, and both of the counties do have board members on the, uh, as their rep among their representatives. Under housing, and this is essentially the, the last item that's not related to the charter, would be to authorize the city to adopt an affordable housing dwelling unit program. Uh, and you remember we this was in the package last year. Mr. Jordan, um, I'd like to, at this point, see if there are any questions or Perfect. comments from any council member on the items that you've just presented. Uh, Madam President. Mr. Hilbert. Uh, Jordan, we had uh, directed here number four, I guess, on this list under taxation, three under taxation, but four, uh, including all the items that we had dropped this last year. Uh, I'm concerned about the, uh, the priming of the pump, so to speak, that we have done a lot of that with our tax program, which has been quite successful. And I'm just, seems like to me that we're going in the other direction of increasing this from 15 to 30 years. Uh, am I reading that correctly? That's the intent. And you may recall in the discussion last year, I think the, the, the thought was similar to some of the concerns that you, had you just expressed about granting a tax exemption for the entire, entire taxable life of a project in some cases. Right. Seems like we've heard another proposal around here uh, to that effect. But I'm, uh, so if any, I just have serious concerns about going from 15 to 30. Uh, is anyone else? Well, I'm sorry, Madam President, that's up to you to discuss Thank that. you, Mr. I have ended my Gilbert. Yes, you. any other comment? <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Robertson. Uh, just a follow-up question in relationship to that redevelopment tax exemption. Was there language also included in there that referred directly to um, for the purpose of affordable housing? It would allow it in redevelopment districts. This came from one of you all. We didn't yeah, change it. Yeah, but I guess in redevelopment areas, that doesn't mean that the development has to be affordable. Right. Um, so I guess my, I don't know if this is something I requested or not, but my intention as it relates to this was only for affordable housing. So the question would be, whether or not that is something that we could ask the General Assembly for the uh, extension of partial tax exemption and redevelopment uh, districts 
for affordable housing of affordable So you would housing. try to narrow it in redevelopment yes. districts only yes. to affordable housing yes. projects. Yes. It get a little complicated in drafting the statute in terms of how much affordable has to be in a project and stuff like that. But it's I'm technic I mean conceptually, sure. Uh, technically might be a challenge. Technically affordable housing is a challenge anywhere you put it. Yes, yeah, sure. All right. Any other comments in that regard? So I just want to be clear from the two council members, and especially Ms. Robertson, since I think this was one you promulgated, um, whether or not you're asking for yes, I'm more asking the review in terms for of affordable housing, not, not just in general, because I'm not supportive of uh, continuing the partial tax exemption just for housing, rehabs, and so forth that we are currently doing. Um, Mr. Jordan, can you sure, capture can that and that. get back with us? Absolutely. Thank you. I'm sorry. Mr. Hilbert. I'm just asking for a clarification. Are we setting income limits on this as defined as affordable housing? Are we looking at a, so, if you're um, looking at a five-unit development, are you looking for a minimum of three or but I, it's just... <clears throat> I'm sorry, if we're going to get in the weeds, I guess that's yeah, my general I mean, question, and then we can figure it out later. Ask its questions from that perspective, and I'm sure that, you know, I'll be more than happy to talk with Mr. Jordan as to what's possible, but the reality is that we do not have, we desperately need policies as it relates to building our inventory of affordable housing, and I'll be more than happy to talk to him about, we have definitions. We're using definitions. We've addressed things as it relates to unit sizes. This is not anything new. We have a state uh, affordable housing trust fund. So those definitions are out there. It's not like we got to right. create them. Okay, great. Thank you, Madam President. Mr. Jordan, I, I think if you're hearing, um, what we want to make sure of is the locality would have the flexibility relative to the parameters here and having language that uh, would accomplish that is what I think Ms. Robertson, if I'm hearing you and Mr. Hilbert correctly, that those could be locally defined. Okay. Thank you. We'll work on it and bring something back. Thank you. Sure. Ms. Gray. I would like an example of where this might work or what, I mean, for 30 years and there's no specific language to holding rents or mortgages affordable. So the, I just want to know why we would offer a 30-year exemption on taxes. If it's a development area and in 30 years it's not developed enough to be able to pay its own taxes, then we're not doing our job. Mr. Jordan, you hear the uh, comment, we, so to the extent sure. there are I'll any... Just, I was going okay. to say, why don't we yes, see what go we back can do, and bring do it back diligence. and then see if you... You like it or you don't like it then yes thank you okay second page third page excuse me page three uh, the, all the next items deal with the charter and uh, you had two changes that you wanted related to residency uh, one for council members and then the authority to remove an elected official who's in violation of the charter residency requirement and you had a number of items related to the budget process, and we note that in the first two there, that you have the authority to do these on your own if you want without a charter change. 
Um, and then you see three others at the bottom that we've all talked about before. Any questions or comments for Mr. Jordan on these items? Okay. I will tell you that the first question you're going to get next week will be, where's the mayor on these? Right. I've got and notation. we discussed the, the prospect of them moving forward without the consensus between the council and the administration. And we have had no conversation with the administration, or at least you have not, relative to these items? We've left that to you guys to do Okay. With. Thank you. So we will uh, proceed to follow up in that regard. Okay. The rest of the items are position statements that Laura's going to walk you through. Thank you. So there are a number of items that... Um, the last iteration um, included just sort of overall, but the position statements, which are typically support type statements, have been moved off into their own category and grouped according to your council strategic planning areas, which I think is really helpful for state legislators to see where the requests fit in. The first one is um, support additional funding for the housing trust fund and um, matching funds to localities that have established um, funds and grants. Um, there is a new item that's not on your list that we that was in your last year's agenda, and we just um, noticed it today, and that is uh, support for non-discrimination based on source of income. Um, that's uh, legislation yeah, that was in last year's package that somehow just I just wanted to put it out there because I, I feel like that's something that you've historically supported. Um, so next go round, if you'd like that, that can show up. Certainly for me, I'd like to see that, and I'd like if any other member would have. Okay, yes. Okay, public housing remediation, support an increase to the Virginia Brownfields Restoration and Re Remediation Fund to um, support a grant application for public housing sites that were built on a landfill. Um, a expungement of unlawful detainers um, support the expungement of these detainers that are dismissed by the court. Um, next one, the Uniform Partition Heirs Property Act, and uh, that's to stabilize tenancy in common and um, for disadvantaged families and make home ownership more um, secure and preserve wealth. Out-of-state landlord performance bond um, support a requirement that out-of-state LLCs who own residential properties have to post a performance bond. Yeah. Mr. Addison. Yes. Thank you. My question is relates to does the concern that by creating that they would then try to establish residency locally through some other means by a P.O. box or whatever the case may be and getting around that requirement. So I'm just worried about pushing on one area to create another aspect where you now have no tracking of truly where the residency is. That's a good point. Um, housing court, we're suggesting under the housing court, um, because Richmond does have a just um, started eviction diversion pilot program going on, 
that it may be appropriate to support that pilot project and to um, certainly keep abreast of the data collection and the results in order to curb excessive um, evictions in the city. And then... Any comments, questions there? Ms. Gray? Is there a reporting period for the money that was already dispersed? And can we get a report on how many people have been helped with this fund and how many people are able to pay the loan back plus their rent after a period of time. I know the program just started in July, but I'd like to know. It did, and it's... Um, so this is not the purview of this group, and so I would ask the administration to see if we can't get a report back. Uh, well, yeah, but if we're yes. asking for the General Assembly to support a pilot, we should know whether or not the pilot is actually working. The General Assembly has supported the pilot, and um, it's fairly prescribed in state budget language, the reporting requirements coming out of the pilot. So that's why we suggested, we were suggesting in this item that it just be worded in such a way as let's keep abreast of it, let's monitor it, and that's all going to be recordable, and, and you'll, see, you'll know those results. I don't know that okay. we had that in the... Okay. Budget language. So I'd, I'd like to know. It's the and state budget. This is oh, no, right. I know. But on our local dollars, I'd like to know what. Right. That's what I was saying. That was not there. was more of the local dollars. And that's where we could get a report back uh, to this body. Um, and that um, we'll work with the administration on. Ms. Trammell. I have a question. Um, this, was, this happened in another district recently where the person was living in a house and it caught on fire and they had no insurance or anything, and they were being put out of the home because it was condemned by the city because of the fire. And when I gave them the mayor's number for them to call to see if they could, you know, get some money because they, had, they didn't have any money for another place, and they were, she was told that she couldn't get any money because she was not evicted. But really, okay, she wasn't put out into the street, but she still lost her, re her home that she was renting, because of the fire, and she had just paid that, that month's rent, so she didn't have any money to get another place, and I think the Red Cross only put her up for about like three days. Mm -hmm. So how could that, how could something like that, a hardship, fit into something like this? Okay, if you would respond, this will focus in terms of evictions, specifically. It's And the matter that Ms. Trammell's raising, I think we're going to have to direct to the administration, unless you have something no, from the state side. No, it's a very, it's a concerning issue. You raise a good issue. It, they're two, they're separate issues. One, the eviction is, tends to be different from emergency relief like this lady needed really badly. Um, and there, one, the emergency relief program wouldn't fit into this, but we certainly, should have ways to help people who are in that situation. And uh, let's talk some more afterwards. Yeah, because I know she was that. extremely upset, and she had every right to be to say that this was no fault of hers right. whatsoever. 
Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Trammell, we'll put that on the list of items to have the administration respond uh, at a later point relative to emergency relief support and programming for circumstances such as that. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Jordan. If you would continue. Um, I'm sorry. Ms. Mr. Did Jones. We, did we skip over the landlord registry? No, we no, did not. That's where we are now. No. Oh, Actually, we digressed. Actually, we kind of did. Mr. Jordan, I thought um, there was a question from Mr. Addison, and that was the only one, Mr. Jones, and then we went further to the next item, so we didn't have any other questions. Do you have a question relative to that item? It was not intentional, and we did skip over the landlord registry, which is different from the landlord performance bond issue. Thank um, you. That was an issue that came in to support the authorizing localities to establish a landlord registry for long-term rentals, similar to that that's provided for short-term rentals. Yeah, just just as you. an addition to that, you already have authority to have a short-term landlord registry under the Airbnb statute. Thank so, you. So this would only affect long-term. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Jones, for bringing us back to that. Any other comments by council members relative to that item? Thank you. Um, if yeah. you will proceed. So moving right along, um, the housing opportunities made equal legislation, and then um, I'm also going to point you to the Virginia Poverty Law Center legislation are both items, while extremely worthy, I think would be... Um, somewhat precedent-setting. They've never been included in the city's legislative agenda before, and it kind of begs the question, like, where do you draw the line for any nonprofit to say, will you adopt our legislative program in total? I would note that so very many of their proposals are picked up already in um, support statements in your, your um, draft package, as well as in um, the organizations where you pay dues, Virginia Municipal League and Virginia First Cities. Would you be able to delineate in the next iteration where those items are picked up so we can see them? Be happy to come back and do that. Thank you. Okay, moving on to thriving and healthy futures for children, adults, and families. The first item is food deserts and supporting um, efforts to expand and ensure greater access to healthy food. Um, oral and next item, including oral health and dental services in the state Medicaid plan, mental health and substance abuse services, and additional funding therefor, um, wraparound child care services, supporting efforts to provide seamless, affordable access for the most at risk families to quality wraparound services. Um, living wage, supporting the adoption of a state policy requiring state and local government employers to provide or pay a living wage. Environment and plastic bags, support the authorization for localities to put a tax on all plastic bags and um, promote the use of recycle, recyclable bags. Uh, the next item is sweetened beverage tax, which was initially was moved from uh, you know specific to the city, but we um, thought 
we wanted you to consider moving it and revising it to be a position statement reading um, support support giving local governments the ability to levy taxes on sweetened beverages in order to decrease sugar consumption. You know, when you have a specific city named for enabling authority, it brings a whole host of other responsibilities and number of votes that you need to get. So we thought maybe moving it over for any locality and sort of general authority might be a better approach. And then lastly, um, I think I mentioned the Poverty Law Center um, recommendation and for your consideration. And then the last two there are placeholders for your paid membership and Virginia First Cities Coalition and the Virginia Municipal League. Moving on to sustainable infrastructure investments, we thought a very comprehensive statement in the package regarding Richmond's combined sewer, sewer overflow was highly appropriate and, in fact, quite would be quite helpful uh, for state legislators to, to see. So that information is, is in the package. Um, moving on, street maintenance formula. That was moved over from a specific request into a position statement um, to support those changes for urban street paving and maintenance to assure equitable funding for um, Virginia cities that are woefully underfunded. Um, moving on. Yes, and that is something additionally that Virginia First Cities, and we'll come back and notate the items that your partners have also endorsed or considering endorsing. Um, street and maintenance formula, I got that. Okay, and school construction commission, uh, support creation of a Virginia school construction commission to ID funding sources for financial assistance for school construction and renovation. So it's going to be a popular issue. Safe neighborhoods, uh, radar enabled speeding and red light cameras, authorizing, giving localities the authority to use these radar enable speeding and stoplight cameras. And then last, no, not lastly, um, at the end of safe neighborhoods, are a host of um, firearms issues that were several of the last four of which were in your last year's program and we wanted to make sure that if you wanted them they were included uh, this year and then lastly responsive under responsive accountable and innovative government uh, a statement regarding redistricting reform uh, supporting uh, sexual orientation, amending state law to include sexual orientation as a protected class, um, election day um, being a paid state holiday, and lastly, supporting the designation of Juneteenth as a state holiday. And that completes the position statements that we have. Thank you. Ms. Larson. Um, I apologize for not chiming in when we were doing this, but under city charter, um, I sent an email around about the introduction. Of, did, did you all talk we about that? It. Okay. So is that still in there or? It's, it's still in there. Um, uh, okay. You sent it to I, all the members. We thought you probably would discuss it today. Okay. Um, so that, 
I just I don't know how we would handle requests wanna, that come. You want to so, refresh everyone which one it was? So, um, fellow uh, council members. Page three. Page three. <laughs> on page three of the legislative uh, items under introduction of legislation, if we were to eliminate the authority of the mayor, then who would introduce legislation that the mayor usually carries? Like development things, special use permit, all the by, by requests, as well as just the regular legislation that he puts in front of us. I just don't understand how that would work. And that's why I oppose it. And I think it's a lot to ask of the General Assembly to make that change, because if they were to make that change, I have not heard how this will work. And it's a pretty significant change. Any other comments? So, Mr. Addison. Thank you, Council President. Okay, yes. so we're on page three under other changes. First, I'm sorry, the second bullet, introduction of legislation. Okay, I'm just making sure we're all together. Correct. Mr. Addison. Thank you, Council President. Yes, I echo and share in um, Councilwoman Larson's objection to the language just because without a, another step to politicize SUPs and development projects by district that they're coming from, could create another aspect of then it's now my project or your project rather than being it was done through planning commission it's going through that process i feel like there is a need for that separation and if there needs to be difference for that we should explore that instead of trying to get rid of and changing that from my opinion without an alternative which this does not currently provide and i, I agree to expect the general assembly members to be able to handle understanding the nuance of this like when they have about 1800 other papers are dealing with it's probably an unfair estimate to do. So that's my shared objection with that aspect. Thank you. Thank you. And I had expected, based on the prior conversation, that all of these would be a conversation, Ms. Larson, we'd have in conjunction with the administration, which we haven't done yet. I fully expected that that would be something that we would end up having further conversation about. But um, any other comments? So then what is this? Okay, today is Monday. We have our legislative session next Wednesday. That's correct, next Wednesday. So what, you all said you're gonna circle back with the administration. No, the- No, our staff will, will circle back with the administration. Okay, and then? To the extent possible, certainly circle back with us in terms of at least, if nothing else, electronically to make sure we get the responses on each of these items in terms of position so that we at least have that information before going in on Wednesday. Okay. Well, again, with, with this one in particular, I think it would be a logistical nightmare I that I have disagree. yet to hear a plan about. So I very strongly encourage council to just pull it now. Okay. Um, Ms. Robertson? Oh, she said Ms. Robertson. Yeah. Ms. Robertson? Oh, okay. I must be having problems with hearing. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I, I had put in a request for something similar to this, not for this, and I don't know whether there's a confusion with this, 
but I will just elaborate on what I had requested, which I don't see anywhere uh, that is somewhat similar to this. The request was more toward if the mayor is putting in a piece of legislation and let's say he's putting in a land use uh, request uh, legislation and is for a special use permit or something in your district, then the idea was that the patrons on that legislation should be, at least be the mayor and the council person of the district that it is, not that it would come all legislation, that the mayor would be denied the opportunity of putting in legislation. But if it's, it's legislation that refers to um, a councilmatic district, that you would not see that legislation being introduced and you not have been contacted about it. Uh, that was the yeah. intent. Yeah, that's a different. But this is not what this. No. This is not what I. So this may be altogether something different. Okay. So, uh, Council President, Miss Larson, I'll come to so you. So, just responding to Councilwoman Robertson's. So, I think what you're talking about can be done on our own. Uh, Mr. Jordan. I mean, and we, or we Mr. Jackson. Right. We have that ability. We do that now. I mean, I'm not sure I support it, but just, you know, I don't even think that's a charter change. Mr. Jackson and or Mr. Jordan, does that require charter change to have co-patrons, as Ms. Robertson has just described, um, relative? Let me just first back. Ms. Robertson, this is not... Uh, what you were... No, this was okay, here. This is not different. my... I okay. did not ask for this, so I'm Okay, just, so let me first deal with this. There was a confusion from that. Okay, so let's first deal with this item. As I said, I expected it to be addressed in conversation with the administration, but if members are already clear that they would like to not proceed with this item as currently uh, delineated here, we can go on and remove that. Do we have consensus here? I certainly would agree, uh, Ms. Robert. Any other members who would not agree? Thank you. Mr. Jordan, if you would make that notation. That Sorry, and then in conversation, uh, Ms. Robertson will round the wagons to Mr. Jackson as uh, prior to this moving forward to see whether or not inclusion of yours would require any kind of charter matter. Mr. Jordan, next item. That's it. Okay. Any other questions or comments relative to the legislative pack? We will proceed uh, with a luncheon on Wednesday of next week, and staff prior to that time will round the wagons with the administration to have discussion about these items, particularly on page three, and any other questions. Thank you. With that, uh, I think we have uh, a last item that will need to be very brief with in terms of a motion for a closed session to address an item that's on the um, docket. I, okay, we're ready. I move that we go into closed session, that city council goes into closed session for discussion and consideration of a prospective candidate for appointment as an appointee of the City Council, specifically an interim city attorney, under Code 2.2-3711A1. 
of the Code of Virginia. Ms. Robinson, will you second that motion? Yes. Council is now voting on the motion as presented. Mr. Jones? Ms. Robertson? Aye. Ms. Larson? Aye. Mr. Algelasto? Aye. Ms. Gray? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Addison? Aye. Vice President Hilbert? Aye. And President Newbill? Aye. That motion has been Thank approved. Thank you. Let's uh, recess to the lounge. Um, expeditiously so that we can address this matter in return. We have several additional items on the informal agenda. Thank you.
essentially the motion because I didn't know anything was going to happen until uh, it happened. You, okay. So you got an email, but now you're going to need to do the so, certification. Yeah, I have, you I, got I, have, that, I have. You got a form.
Madam Clerk. Yes, Madam President, we will now entertain a motion to open up the meeting and back into open session. Mr. Second. Jones, will you make that motion? Second. Thank you. Council is now voted to enter into open session. Mr. Jones. Ms. Robertson. Aye. Ms. Larson. Aye. Mr. Agilasto. Aye. Ms. Trammell. Aye. Mr. Addison. Aye. Vice President Hilbert. Aye. And President Newville. Aye. Council here hereby certifies to the best of each member's knowledge only public business matters lawfully exempted from open meeting requirements by Virginia law were discussed in a closed meeting to which this certification applies and only such public matters as were identified in the closed motion convening the unclosed meeting were heard discussed or considered by council. Mr. Jones, Ms. Robertson, Ms. Larson, Aye. Mr. Algelasto, Aye. Ms. Trammell. Aye. Mr. Addison. Aye. Vice President Hilbert. Aye. And President Nobile. Aye. Thank you. Thank you. The next item is consideration of the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission nominations. Thank you, Madam Clerk. We have before us, uh, as was shared at prior meeting, the uh, list of nominees for the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. Uh, I am advised our process uh, will be such that we will go through each member proposed and uh, have to uh, take a vote. So with that, and Mr. Jackson, any further clarification in that regard? Don't want to uh, misquote to you. Uh, no, ma'am. The process basically is you vote uh, nominee by nominee uh, until you have seven members to go on the commission. Thank you. Um, I don't think there's history needed in terms of this particular item. We uh, have a list of nominees before us. There are multiple strategies Council will utilize to help us fully vet the proposed Navy Hill uh, development project. One of them is the uh, impaneling of the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. And so that item is before us. We have other strategies that we have agreed we will utilize as well to fulfill, uh, fulfill our need to fully vet. Um, but in this moment, this is the item before us. Ms. Trammell, you have your hand up. I have a question. Is this, I don't see where we're going to discuss this right now. On the agenda, it has uh, number two, consideration of Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission nominations for the informal agenda. Well, Kim's not in here right this second. Can we go to something else? Uh, <laughs> I'm, she not, had, I'm sorry. She uh, had to step out for a minute. Thank you. Mr. Amell. Um, uh, Mr. Angelista, well, but let me come back to Mr. Amell. Uh, Mr. Amell, this agenda is out there. I'm not sure how long it will be. Maybe you can reach out to Ms. Gray, but we need to proceed. We have a 6 o'clock formal meeting 
to start, and I would like us to at least uh, deliberate and decision on this packet. You want to know something? I don't want to see the same thing happen tonight as you did a couple of weeks ago. Okay? As I and did a couple yes, of weeks ago. We, yes. When that microphone back Ms. there Trammell? was cut off. I, I, sorry, I'll talk about it more later. That microphone back there was cut off. Please do. Ms. Trammell, at I no time will. have we gone into closed session yes, we and motion to come out and had members not be clear that we were coming back onto the floor. Now, you have been on council probably as long years. as just, I've right. never seen nobody so, carry, I've never seen period. nothing like that ever happen before. Because you it carried has on a not meeting without happened. the vice president. 16 years of being on council, I've never seen that done. Not you ever. all were in. You carried on a meeting without the vice president. No, I proceeded with a meeting coming out of closed session as we've done for the last, I don't know how many years. And, so at any rate, never seen where the microphone was cut off back there. The okay, and it was cut off because Candace just went back there earlier and said that it, and she had to get the other guy to help her cut it back on. Who cuts it off? It's it closed never off. Ever it be is cut, cut off. off during closed session okay, as we were having. Now? Is it back on? I now? have. You listen. have no idea, and you're the president. Of That's right. Thank you, Miss Angelesta. Did you have a question? No, I was just simply offering to give you another. Uh, point of old business to discuss. Okay, we will proceed. Thank you, Ms. Angelesto, for that offer. We'll proceed with the item on the agenda, which is, in fact, uh, consideration of Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission nominations. We have uh, the process outlined before us. Uh, as uh, Mr. Jackson has indicated, we will take each member uh, that has been listed here and proceed. Madam Clerk. I need a motion to appoint Richard Crom to the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. So moved. Second. Council is now voting on Mr. Crom's appointment to the Navy Hill Advisory Commission. Now, for discussion, we're voting on individual candidates and not. That's correct. What I have been advised by legal is that now we're in the process of proceeding with reviewing and decisioning meaning voting on each one of the candidates before us. And is that because we did not agree to a block of candidates? That's because we did not agree to the slate. That's Got correct. It. Thank you. Mr. Jones? No. Ms. Robertson? No. Ms. Larson? Aye. Mr. Agelasto? Aye. Ms. Gray? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Addison? No. Vice President Hilbert? No. And President Newbill? No. That motion has failed. And Thank you. Might I have a word? Because this person who lives in the third district is a tax specialist who works with the IRS. These positions were put here specifically for their expertise and what they bring. And I'm very disappointed in all of you for the shenanigans and the game playing. Because if you're supporting Navy Hill, that's fine. But this commission was put together by ordinance that's been on the books for nine months, and there were specific instructions for that chair and vice chair, and they followed those instructions. This is insulting. It's insulting to the process. It's insulting to the people of the city of Richmond for you all to do what you're doing right now. Thank it's, you, Ms. Gray. It's horrible. Let's, let's proceed. I need a motion to appoint Mark Gordon to the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. Second. 
You're now voting on Mr. Gordon's appointment. Mr. Jones? Aye. Ms. Robertson? Aye. Ms. Larson? Aye. Mr. Argelasto? Aye. Ms. Gray? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Addison? Aye. Vice President Hilbert? Aye. And President Newbill? Aye. That motion has been approved. Thank you. I now need a motion to approve grant to approve the appointment of Grindley Johnson to the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. So moved. It's Second. pronounced Grindley. Grant. Grindley. Thank you, Grindley. You're now voting on Mr. Johnson's appointment. And that's Ms. a woman. I'm sorry. Grindley Johnson is a woman. I'm Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Jones. Aye. Ms. Robertson. Aye. Ms. Larson. Aye. Mr. Algelasto. Aye. Ms. Gray. Aye. Ms. Trammell. Aye. Mr. Addison. Aye. Vice President Hilbert. Aye. And President Newbill. Aye. That motion has been approved. Council, I now need a motion to approve Suzanne Long to the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. So moved. Can I get a second? Can we just take the rest as a second. slate? This is ridiculous. That's we will proceed um, as has been indicated by person. You're all about process when, I am when about it works process. for you. You change the process, but you want to argue process now. The process has been by ordinance written for nine months. You can change that. You change all the processes and when it serves you. Madam President. Thank you. That is incorrect, and we will move on utilizing the process that we have begun. Thank you. Council is now voting on Suzanne's long appointment to the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. Mr. Jones? Aye. Ms. Robertson? Aye. Ms. Larson? Aye. Mr. Algelasto? Aye. Ms. Gray? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Addison? Aye. Vice President Hilbert? Aye. And President Newbill? Aye. Thank you. Now I need a motion to appoint Mary Harlan Slater to the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. Thank you. Council is now voting on this appointment. Mr. Jones? Aye. Ms. Robertson? Aye. Ms. Larson? Aye. Mr. Algelasto? Aye. Ms. Gray? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Addison? Aye. Vice President Hilbert? Aye. And President Newbill? Aye. That appointment has been approved. Council, I now need a motion Madam, to... Before we get to the next motion, um, may I ask for some discussion? Is this relative to a particular person here? It is. Uh, we are now down to three remaining candidates for these slots. Um, and I'm trying to evaluate what their skill sets are that have come forward. And I want to bring to the attention of my colleagues how disappointed I am in the fact that the first name was removed from the list. I have reviewed all of the candidates with, that we had applications from, and Mr. Crum is the only certified public accountant that was on the list. He's the only certificate in accounting. He has a master's in business. These are qualifications that currently I do not see in any of the other candidates. And if we are attempting 
to evaluate an economic development proposal, and we don't have somebody who has good numbers experience, a CPA, I am sorry, but I personally do not see in any way that the, that the commission would have any credibility at reviewing the numbers, which is my understanding of the first thing that we were seeking. But I could be Thank wrong. You. Maybe we can all have a master's in, in something else and still be qualified. But I think a CPA who is uh, certified, who has to renew their certification, who must comply with accounting standards, is a pretty important role to have. I don't care Thank if it's you, Mr. Trump. I'm sorry, Madam President, well, but I, I, I have the floor. I don't yes. think my time has been uh, interrupted. If you want to, that's fine. But I don't know Mr. Crumb. I don't know half of these other candidates. What I do know is qualifications that are needed to bring credibility to a commission. And I'm concerned about that at this stage. Thank you. Madam Clerk. I need a motion to appoint Michael Shule to the Navy Hill Development Advisory so Commission. Moved. Can I get a second? Council is now voting on the appointment of Michael Shule. Mr. Jones? Aye. Ms. Robertson? Aye. Ms. Larson? Aye. Mr. Algelasto? No. Ms. Gray? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Addison? Aye. Vice President Hilbert? Let me, in abundance of caution, vote present. Uh, Mr. Shule is, uh, is on the Board of Trustees of my employer, the Board of Commissioners. I'm sorry, so this is an abundance of caution. I'm going to vote present. Are you abstaining? I'm sorry. Well, I'm voting present instead of abs Well, I guess I should. I'm sorry. I'll abstain since there is that potential abundance of conflict. That uh, So I'll vote abstain. Thank All right. You. President Nobile. Aye. That motion has been approved. I now need a motion to appoint Corey Walker to the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. So moved. Is there a second? Second. Council is now voting on the appointment of Corey Walker to the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. Mr. Jones? Aye. Ms. Robertson? Aye. Ms. Larson? Aye. Mr. Algelasto? Aye. Ms. Gray? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Addison? Aye. Vice President Hilbert? Aye. And President Newville? Aye. That motion has been approved. And I now need a motion to appoint, I'm sorry, Hakeem Hakeem Luke. Now, Hakeem Lucas to the Navy Hill Development Advisory Commission. So moved. Is there a second? Council is now voting on Hakeem Lucas to the Navy appointment to the Can Navy we have Hill Development Discussion.
Good evening and welcome to VPM's Gavel to Gavel coverage of the Richmond City Council. I'm your host, Gabrielle Jones. Um, you're joining us a little late this evening. The informal meeting ran over as there was lots of discussion around appointing the nominees to the Navy Hill Commission and also the process for that commission submitting documents to um, City Council to review and how they would go forward with reviewing that. Before we jump into all of that in the agenda, I have to tell you that this will be my last broadcast with you. I'm relocating to Texas, so one of my VPM colleagues will be taking over the chair. Thank you so much for having me in this time, and thank you so much for allowing me into your home every evening with council. Let's jump into the agenda. Um, actually, before we do that, um, one controversial thing that happened during the informal meeting is that Virginia Union University President Hakeem Lucas was appointed to the Navy Hill Commission. Um, so he will be one of those members vetting those documents that council was going back and forth over what the process would be for them to see. Let's jump into the agenda. Lots of items on consent and not much on the regular agenda. Starting with number one, ordinance number 2019-118. This is going to be continued to November 12th. Um, it would allocate $5 million for um, cost engineering value, which is sort of like evaluating the opportunity cost or um, what is lost in a project that would be more than $5 million for the city. So that's been put on hold until November 12th. Number two, ordinance number 2018-186. Um, this will authorize um, the um, certificate of completion for the affordable housing portion of the Church Hill North development. That's the development around the market at 25th um, VCU Health Center Apartments and Reynolds Community College um, Culinary Campus. Number three, ordinance number 2019-189. Um, this is also being continued till November 12th. Um, this would change the structures around property tax exemptions for um, multifamily and residential um, structures. Um, and that's going to be continued until November the 12th. Number four, ordinance number 2019-197. Um, that would authorize infrastructure and safety improvements for the Virginia Biotechnology Research Park. That is on tonight's consent agenda. Number five, 2019-198 um, would change the requirements for um, property taxation e exemption from a property having been vacant for two years to a property having been on the lot for at least two years. Number six, ordinance number 2019-220. Um, this provides $363,000 and it transfers it um, to um, the Department of Public Works Special Parking Fund. They'll use that money to um, maintain clearly marked sidewalks, have off-duty patrols for the purpose of celebrations and festivals, and maintain safety and cleanliness in parking areas. Number seven, 2019-221. Um, this provides $300,000 from the Virginia Department of Social Services to the Office of Community Wealth Buildings um, Program that will provide special training and personnel um, support services for the RPA Guiding People to Success Program. Number eight, ordinance number 2019-222. Um, that would authorize $500,000 from the Virginia Resources Authority to the Virginia Water Supply Authority um, for the purpose of um, fulfilling and changing um, water lines, particularly those with lead. Number nine, ordinance number 2019-223. Now, Starting with number nine through number 30 on the agenda are a succession of ordinances that authorize the city 
to buy blighted properties so that they can be um, sold and made available for redevelopment. So starting with number 9223, that property is at 118 Listcombe Street, and that would cost the city $31,900. Number 10, 2019-224, that property is at 2626 Belt Boulevard, and that will cost the city $78,100. Again, the city is going to buy these properties and make them available for redevelopment. Number 11, 2019-225, that property is at 1220 North 35th Street and will cost the city $55,000. Number 12, 2019-226 is at 1316 Nellwood Drive and will cost the city $44,550. Number 13, 1505 Perry Street, um, that will cost the city $66,000 and these are going to continue through to number 30 on the agenda. So in 2019, 228, that property is at 1510 Spotsylvania Street and cost the city $9,900. 15, 